All right, folks. Uh, you know what time it is. It's it's the most wonderful time of year. It's that time of year. It's well, I don't know. Maybe now that you're older, you think the holidays suck, and uh, you try to avoid <laughs> human contact as much as possible. <laughs> Maybe you're just uh, walking around your city. Uh, looking at the Christmas tree displays, or uh, maybe there's a giant menorah somewhere. And, uh, yeah, you, you kind of think back to all, the, to all the times when you were a kid and you had no worries, uh, and you get presents. Mm-hmm. Sometimes good ones, sometimes joke ones. One time, uh, well, ma- not just one time, but many times I actually got school supplies for Christmas. <laughs> oh my god i am yeah. so sorry well that's because my parents are muslim and they're like yeah this is not our holiday but sure we'll give you something <laughs> <laughs> so some some form of a, a compromise between uh the, the two of you or the three of you uh yeah they don't um well, they just said it's like well well we live in america it's a day off so you get something and you can watch all the Christmas movies you want as well. That was that was another good thing. And that's and that's always reliable with the Hollywood cinema machine to pump out either Christmas specials on TV or I guess questionable Christmas themed movies. Uh we'll get to that we'll get to that throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Basically, we're just going to Throughout this episode of questions like this, we're going to discuss, you know, some of our favorite uh, "quote unquote" uh, holiday movies, ones that had a big impact on us as uh, as kids, ones that we continue to watch, you know, even to this day, and some that we like to forget. We'll for sure get into some of the more questionable Christmas movies. You mean everything that's put out by ABC Family now, or wait, is it called Freeform now? Is that it? It is. It is Freeform. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll figure out what are some of the great Christmas movies and what are some of the absolute stinkers. And uh, <laughs> I guess I guess we'll expand movies a little bit. Um, you know. Well, we'll include some TV specials since really I get look, they're basically movies. It's about mm-hmm. you know an hour or ninety minutes long. That counts as a movie. Mm-hmm. I, I guess. I mean, but I feel like it's still got the the same theme, the same theme of it. You know, you know, always kids always believe in the magic of Christmas. Hell yeah! <laughs> or you know, you're some sort of alien life form that needs to discover the true meaning of Christmas Mm -hmm. or um, and this is a real thing that exists Um, Santa Claus conquers the Martians oh my god I almost forgot about that (laughs) yeah what an absolute shit show of a movie that is without a doubt well I don't know, but it is definitely one of the strangest fucking Christmas movies you'll ever see. I definitely agree. So if you don't know what the uh, the premise is, it basically uh, these there are these species from they say Mars on there, even though 
the props department, just uh, the props and the makeup department, just glued uh, prosthetics on the people's heads. Um, so yeah, basically, you know, their uh, their planet's not doing well, and they need a quote unquote miracle. So these kids, they see, you know, on their TV, they see you know multiple images of Santa Claus, and they task their group leaders with basically basically abducting him. And that's the premise. Hell yeah. Thrilled yet? It's, um, that's what we call in the industry high concept. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, by high concept you mean uh, like the script was written in a day and they only spent like, God, what was the budget on this thing? $200,000. In 1964. Yeah, so I guess that's like uh, a blockbuster in today's money. Um, no, no, I'd say two hundred thousand would be the equivalent of like a an indie film. Yeah. Or like a very, very, uh, a very high concept indie film. Sure. <laughs> but uh. It's way too much money for something like this. Yeah, and if, if you want to get an idea of how bad this movie is, uh, not only has it been spoofed on a Mystery Science Theater 3000, but it's also on the list of the 50 worst films ever made. Hell yeah. <laughs> Regularly on the bottom 100 of any movie lists. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Besides the the out there kind of weird Christmas movies, there there's the usual you know ripoffs of like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street or It's a Wonderful Life, and uh, It's a Wonderful Life is always shown on television at some point, starting, I guess, the day after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I think it's run because <laughs> because it's technically public domain. It's run on a, a, a continuous loop. I think it's contractually obligated to run on a continuous loop starting in a, starting in Thanksgiving and just ending on New Year's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of interesting that um, this movie is kind of in like a weird limbo where... Yeah, I guess it's public domain, so we'll just run it for, like, 20 days straight. And, you know, like you said, uh, it's been parodied more more often than not. I think any TV show that does uh, a Christmas special, if it's long-running, they're bound to do the, uh, the It's a Wonderful Life spoof. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the classic, uh, what would happen if I was never born? Right. With uh, James Stewart as George Bailey. That's right. And directed by Frank Capra. Correct. And, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> that's the main premise. What would happen if George Bailey never existed? Yeah, and apparently it sucks. Um, so, well... 
here's the thing. George Bailey, he 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 he's he's kind of feeling down in the dumps. He he felt he felt like he gave up his dreams and spent his entire life helping others. So he feel, he feels like his life amounted to nothing. And on Christmas Eve, he well he, he wants to off himself, but uh, mm-hmm. his guardian angel Clarence Oddbody, a uh, great name. What a name. <laughs> <laughs> Shows George all the lives he's touched and just how different things would be in in Bedford Falls if he had never been born. And it is it, it's I guess it's kind of it's kind of saccharine now. It's a, it's a little yeah. it's a little sweet, but um, probably it's because we've been overexposed to all like the riffs and parodies but if you watch the the original movie it's still pretty good it still holds up yeah i mean i I guess it still holds up just uh maybe not in a continuous loop right (laughs) and speaking of uh movies that are shown all the time uh, i've actually seen the channel tbs on Christmas Eve and into Christmas Day, they do 24 straight hours of a Christmas story. Yeah, that's uh, that's another movie that's always on a fucking loop. Am I the only one that thinks a Christmas story is incredibly overrated? I think so too. Um, you know, little little Ralphie gets a uh, fucking BB gun. Yeah, and. Um, You'll shoot your eye out, kid. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, there's there's wow. an interesting story about the the Christmas story house. Um the people who own the house, uh, they got sick of people coming over there and um you know basically harassing them, I guess. <laughs> Oh right! I mean, imagine if somebody you know, imagine if the popular film was shot at uh, shot at your house, at your apartment, yeah, yeah. and people from all over the world came by and just just took pictures of you, just all the time. It's like, oh hey, that's the house from you know so and so. You know, let's get a let's get a selfie in front of it. Yeah, uh, same thing happened to the Breaking Bad house, um, uh-huh. and also with the Breaking Bad house, assholes keep throwing pizza on the roof because. Because of one scene. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, there are there are fans, and then there's obsessives. Yeah. Um, or, uh, or rather, there's a a very thin line between fan and fanatic. It is, and uh, I'll basically fan is short for you know. And I'm a I'm a fanatic of so and so or this this and that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so Christmas story. It's it's basically little Ralphie Parker uh, reminiscing about things that happened when he was uh was it nine nine or ten years old. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, no, I think it was when he was, yeah, nine, nine years old. Yeah, he got, he got that BB gun he wanted. Uh, well, mm-hmm. no, not, not yet. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> he, he wants a BB gun, but, uh, you know, 
that 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 infamous warning you'll shoot your eye out so his mother his teacher and even and even sandy claus at well i guess it's a department store that doesn't exist anymore uh what higby's yeah it was was a department store yes damn it, it, it it's a casino now so uh oh shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah the the, the Higby Building in Cleveland, Ohio, is now home to the Jack Cleveland Casino. Huh. Because, or now the, uh, yeah, or it was known as the Horseshoe Casino Cleveland, but now it's the uh, Jack Cleveland Casino. That's uh, that's quite the turn. Uh, well, and here's hoping uh, Ralphie does not come back to, and uh, gamble. <laughs> uh, if he if he's living in uh, Cleveland, he's probably going to need it. Yeah. It's going to be a nice dis- nice distraction when the Browns go zero and sixteen. Yeah, um, and I guess the Cavs only have LeBron now, so yeah. But I think at least the Cavs are doing well, and yeah. the Indians are actually doing pretty well too. So really, it's just a perpetual. The perpetual suck machine of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> it's known as the factory of sadness, people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I have never seen a professional franchise that has been as woefully inept as the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, what What? What exactly is it about Cleveland the well the Cleveland Browns but maybe Cleveland in particular that that is so conducive to this damn <laughs> drought in football I I don't know I think it has to do with the fact that um well one of the original owners uh, Art Modell actually moved the Cleveland Browns to Baltimore and they became the Baltimore Ravens That's true and and they actually don't suck no, they don't suck. They're actually <laughs> well. They've won. They've won two Super Bowls, but they're a little bit mediocre. Yeah. This year, but uh, yeah, I think when they moved the team, it just ripped the heart out of the the city a little bit. And then you know when they got their franchise back in '99, they're like you know yes, finally it's a new day, it's a new Cleveland Browns, and they played their first game and they got absolutely and they got their asses kicked by the Steelers. So yeah. Well, it it's not like they were any better before the move. Well, no, they were actually. They did make it to the uh, to the AFC uh, championship game uh, a, a few times. Oh, really? They did, and where they lost in very dramatic fashion twice to John Elway and the Denver Broncos. Hell yeah, <laughs> John Elway, man, that's uh, is one of the greats. He's one of the greats, but now he's systematically trying to tear down the Broncos right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, see, well, see pe- people, when hire when hiring your new uh, your new owners, please don't hire former players. Yeah, uh, probably have too many hits to the head, so they they do not make <laughs> sound business decisions. Right. Um, and John Elway took quite a few hits to the head. Oh yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, getting back to Christmas and, I guess, uh, sports, um, basketball games on Christmas, always a classic. Oh, absolutely. You got the biggest matchups of the year that happen on on Christmas Day. Let's take a look and see what's going on this year. Let's see. What games do we have? We have the 76ers against the Knicks. Actually going to be a good matchup because both teams are doing well this year. Yeah, that'd be Uh, fun to watch. Cavs-Warriors, that's going to be a good matchup. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, Wizards-Celtics, another good one. Rockets-Thunder would be interesting if the Thunder were actually doing something this year. Yeah. They they kind of fell off this year. Yeah, I mean, they got all those big hires. They got got Melo, they got Paul George. But, no, when you have a... When you have a... When you have guys, when you have giant egos like Melo, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook, yeah, then there's not going to be a lot of passing done. Everybody's going to want to score like 40 points a game. Yeah, it's a lot of egos uh, on the court with uh, Thunder. So, mm-hmm. but it's still, and, I guess, uh, Rockets and Thunder. That that would be pretty interesting to watch anyway. And of course. Uh, last but not least, uh, Lakers and Timberwolves. That's right, a battle of the uh, the young up and coming franchises. Hell yeah! With uh, our boy Lonzo. <laughs> Lonzo, look. Despite everything that's been going on in his life, I appreciate the fact that he's been able to, you know, take this in stride. He's been. Like, you know, he's been remaining silent throughout all this. He's been letting his play do uh, do the talking. I just wish his dad would shut the hell up. Yeah. Um, although it is, it is kind of incredible that we live in a world where um, uh, LeVar Ball is beefing with the president. <laughs> it's like another reality show. Seriously, I feel like this is the premise to another stupid reality show. It's gonna be like Trump versus Trump versus Ball, which yeah, I would actually watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes, because if anything, that man loves more than himself is ratings. Hell yeah. And I guess all the all the all the polling must be killing uh, Trump right now. Currently at thirty two percent, one of the lowest in history. Mm. It's, uh, it's it's a spicy meet the ball. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Yes, it is. So that's uh, that's what else. Uh, those those are the games on. Uh, on TNT and ABC this Christmas. Uh, I'll definitely be watching the Knicks game. Uh, KP, dude, Porzingis, he's... The unicorn. He is is the unicorn. And and, uh, Joel Embiid is always always fun to watch. Actually, I think I like him more off the court just for his personality. (laughs) (laughs) Right, he has a really... He's got a really fun personality, Embiid. Trust the but, process. 
trust the process. But even <laughs> though he's very, you know, fun-loving off the, the court, he will come at you on Twitter. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. But, but sorry, folks, we were, we were back at a... Oh, yeah, that's right. We're talking about... Uh, talking about christmas movies uh what was one christmas movie that you watched all the time growing up that i watched all the time hmm home alone probably yes always a classic home alone and then followed closely by nightmare before christmas ah yes which it begs the question is nightmare before christmas a halloween movie or a Christmas movie? I think it's both. Um, well, really what it is, it's, uh, it's, it's great to air in between Halloween and Christmas. So, well, it's probably con- why it exists. <laughs> just to confuse the hell out of everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what? It's, I just imagine, like, instead of, like, Nightmare Before Christmas, like, what if uh, Jack Skellington went to, like, I don't know, the Thanksgiving tree or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, oh, even better. What if he actually, uh, saw what Hanukkah looks like? Yeah. He goes to like the Hanukkah tree or, or, or like the Ramadan tree <laughs> <laughs> or the Kwanzaa tree. Yeah. Or the Kwanzaa tree. Hey, that's, that's something we should, uh, we should find out. Um, are there any Kwanzaa movies? That's a very good question. Do you know of any off the top of your head? No. And, um, well, it's it's also because I thought Kwanzaa was just like, it's something that they come, they came up with on Martin, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which, um, I'm sorry, but, um, I, I have no idea like the history of Kwanzaa. Right. No, same, same here. I need to do a little bit of a, little bit of research. But uh, I'm looking at it right now, and apparently there are three uh, movies that are related to Kwanzaa. Yeah. Yeah. One is called uh, the Black Candle. Whoa, black! Whoa, Black Panthers, a, a Kwanzaa movie? No, no, Black Candle. Oh, okay. Candle. Black Candle. Yeah, oh well, yeah. Not- I guess I guess uh, there's candles in Kwanzaa too, right? Yes. Yeah. No, it's it's a documentary that was actually written by Maya Angelou. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. Black yeah, the, candle. It here's the synopsis: it says the black candle uses Kwanzaa as a vehicle to explore and celebrate the African American experience. And the documentary traces the holiday's growth out of the Black Panther movement in the 1960s to its present-day reality. Interesting. But yeah, it's got a really great cast in it. You got Maya Angelou. You got Chuck mm-hmm. D of Public Enemy. Chuck D. You got you got Jim Brown, the famous football player. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dead Press is in it too. Shit. Yeah. Huh. I might have to actually go and watch this. This is interesting. Yeah, me too. I gotta I gotta check this out. Yeah. 
But uh, if anybody out there actually does know of uh, any Kwanzaa movies or maybe even specials relating to Kwanzaa, uh, please let us know. Um, We we want to see what happens. Mm Hmm. I mean, I also see there is a, a a Rugrats Kwanzaa special. There's a there's a Rugrats Kwanzaa special. How do I not know this? <laughs> I don't know, because I, I was watching Rugrats the same time you were. How did I not know this? Give credit to the Rugrats actually yeah. for being the for being the first uh, for being the first television show to have a Hanukkah special. On there, not only a Hanukkah special, but a Passover special as well. Oh yeah. Um, wait, was 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 Rugrats? Yeah, I guess Rugrats was the first one. Um, you might even consider Rugrats like the first Jewish family on prime time. Yeah. Uh, well, Hey Arnold also had a, an episode focusing on uh, one of the characters, uh, Harold, and uh, I yeah. guess it's uh, it's his bar mitzvah, right? Yeah, that's right. I remember yeah. that episode. And he got and he got caught stealing a ham. It was so funny. And his rabbi is like, Harold, you 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 got caught stealing a ham that is not kosher. <laughs> Wait, does every rabbi have to sound like uh, Tevia from Fiddler on the Roof? Uh, well, that's the only. Uh, since I was actually involved in a production of Fiddler on the Roof, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's either that or like uh the 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 what's that fucking movie uh the mouskowitz is from fievel from an american tale fievel's oh, yeah. dad that's right okay that's right. so here's a question which came first was it mouse or was it an american tale that that was like first using like mice or rats is like a metaphor for jewish people in like a creative way not in like a propaganda way it might have been an american tale to be honest because i feel like with american tale it really documents the immigrant experience yeah it's basically like going to like the tenement museum pretty much Uh, pretty much that's uh I did like uh, an American Tale. It's, it's a good one. Still, still makes me cry every time. Yeah, uh, Fievel's, Fievel goes west. Uh, not so much. Right. I mean, it's good, but it's <laughs> you know, it's not as, not as good as the original one. Yeah, that's another weird trope. Is like uh, it's either the they they go they go uh, children's movies uh, go go cowboy or they go down under like uh, rescuers down under right down uh, under down under. in which in which none of the characters are actually australian yeah oh wait no one one character is i think yeah well um they but could it's... they couldn't be expected to find any australian people right <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the main characters are played by Bob Newhart and Ava Gabor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. So back to Christmas. Uh, I would also say Die Hard. Um, it's uh, it's yes. another Christmas movie. Uh, 
Um, Jingle All the Way featuring former Governor uh, Arnold <laughs> Schwarzenegger. Arnold. It's like, put that cookie down. Put no. that cookie down. No. <laughs> oh, my God. That movie was so, so ridiculous. Yeah. I, I like I like mid career Schwarzenegger where he was just taking every role just to I guess quote unquote show he had range. I guess I think in the nineties was the period of time where he's just like you know hey, I'll make movies for kids see how it goes. Yeah, it's like uh, uh you know I started out my career with Pumping Iron. I uh, got a I I I got great reviews playing a soulless murder machine. Uh, maybe it's time for me to be a cop that goes to kindergarten. <laughs> it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. Let's play a game of who is your daddy and what does he do? You mean you eat other people's lunches? Stop it! <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, mid-career Schwarzenegger. Best era, Schwarzenegger. That, that's him at his most hilarious, as like at his most unintentional hilarity. I just want a turbo man doll. Oh <laughs> uh, man, and let's not forget Junior. Um, classic. Oh, God, no. oh no, 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 no! Classic oh, film with <laughs> Danny, De- <laughs> with uh, no, yeah, cl- uh, pregnant uh, Schwarzenegger. Arnold. Oh my God. Uh... Who wrote that? Hold on, I, I gotta see who wrote that. Like the, like the one guy who said to the premise, "What if Arnold Schwarzenegger got pregnant? Let's see how that would work out." There's actually a universe of like male pregnancy fetishes, uh, because of course there is. Right. You spend enough time online, you just start questioning why the internet exists in the first place. Pretty much. Um. Oh my God! Do you know who directed this movie? Who? Ivan Reitman. No. Yes. Fuck no. Ivan Reitman directed Junior. No. Yes. Ivan, why? Stripes, Ghostbusters, this. (laughs) (sighs) Why? 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 Why would you do this to yourself? Who knows? (laughs) Oh, boy. I don't know. I guess maybe he wanted to make something for his kids. Does that make any sense? Mm. Yeah. Well, at least he redeemed himself by uh, producing Space Jam. Yes. The greatest film of all time. It is well, maybe not great. absolutely the best sports movie of all time. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like going back to the Christmas, like going back to Jingle All the Way for a sec, just, oh, my God. I mean, you know, you have Arnold, he's a workaholic, you know, and he always makes promises to his son that he can't keep. By the way, his son is played by the future uh, 
uh, Anakin Skywalker, Jake Lloyd. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's him. Because uh, if you want to... You really want to see his uh, stellar acting work pre- previous to, uh, to Phantom Menace, then check out this film. And he plays a whiny little brat in this film, too. Yeah, so really... Um... He's not it's he's not doing of, acting anymore, is he? No, no. Actually, it's a really tragic story what happened to him. He became like super depressed, almost like took his life. Yeah. Um well, I guess that's uh that's the child star trajectory. Yeah, especially when you when you make a film like Phantom Menace, when you yeah. have the entire Star Wars fan base, you know, basically pressuring you saying like, you know, Make this good. You yeah. are the future Darth Vader. Make this good. Well, also he's he's a kid, so I I don't know what people were expecting, it as, right. as even as like a precocious young Darth Vader, like yeah, he's still a kid. You know, he's not fucking gonna like force choke people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Although that would have made Phantom Menace a little bit more awesome. Probably if he just like. If he just like you know out of the blue just like raises his hand for no reason, and he just starts choking someone, it's like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh shit, oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Last Jedi coming this weekend or is it already out? Friday, Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching on Sunday, so. Me too. That's when I'm seeing it. I'm I'm watching it on fucking big titty IMAX. Uh, <laughs> It's going to be loud as hell, uh, 3D fucking bullshit flying around. That's the only way to watch movies now. Especially a Star Wars film. Yeah, even something like, you know, even something shitty like, I guess, like the, I guess like Justice League or whatever. I I can only watch it on IMAX. Right. I don't know. I feel like I it's I only buy like the cheap tickets if it's uh if it's an artsy movie or if I really want to see a movie. But if it's like a right. shitty dumb like tentpole blockbuster, I can only watch it in IMAX. <laughs> Cuz it really no, I agree. That's like, the only way you can watch it. Yeah, it's like every frame is just like you can see like the shit. You can see the work. Yeah. You can see <laughs> All the work that all the visual effects artists uh, put into this, and yet they still made a shitty film. Yeah. That's uh, that's the way to go, folks. And uh, speaking yeah. of Star Wars, and this is oh, no. this is our holiday special episode, and we will be making this extra long episode because we keep getting sidetracked. <laughs> but I, we would be remiss if we do not bring up the, the blot... In the Lucasfilms family name. That's right. The Star Wars holiday special. The incredible made-for-TV contractually obligated uh, holiday special. Where you can clearly see Harrison Ford um, give even less of a shit than usual. Yes. Where the focus is on uh, Wookiee Holiday and the 
heretofore unmentioned family of Chewbacca. Uh huh. Which uh, which we get to see all of them. We get to see the entire family, and they speak in their uh, their native tongue, but no subtitles. So we have no idea what they're actually saying. Yeah, for and years, we, we, you know, this uh, for years this special has been buried under concrete, but uh, it is now available online. Uh, we do not recommend you actually seeing it, but um, no, no. Well, I mean. <laughs> It does have one redeeming quality. One. It marks the, and I can't believe this is true, it marks the first ever appearance of Boba Fett. Yep. That's, uh, <laughs> what an auspicious start. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I bet the guy who played him is just like, you know, hey, you better beef up my part for Empire or I'm, I'm not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> I mean, this is the one film out of the entire Lucas canon that he is personally ashamed of. So he said yes to Howard the Duck. He said yes to Jar Jar Binks. He said yes to... Uh, he said Another yes to, to to fucking uh, all the all the ethnic stereotypes in Star Wars. I know, but this is the one film that he is personally ashamed of. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but if you're willing, if you're willing to expose yourself to little little clips, um, I I suggest you uh, you watch the one where uh, Chewbacca's dad uh, watches basically v- VR porn. Yeah. Oh my God. Why was that a thing? It will it will oh, make they- you uncomfortable in ways you didn't think was possible. And they had to drag poor Diane Carroll into this. Oh, which speak, speaking of another thing, all the celebrity appearances, all the celebrity appearances by people like B. Arthur, Art Carney, Diane Carroll, um, Harvey Corman, Jefferson Starship. Yeah. It's a real who's. It's a real who's who of people who were popular forty <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I had no idea why the hell Jefferson Starship was in this. Or, I guess, you know, Diane we... Carroll or Harvey Corman. Yeah, because Harvey Corman was on the uh, the Carol Burnett show yeah, yeah, at the yeah. time. Um, and Art Carney had recently won an Oscar. Diane Carroll was doing the sitcom Julia. And Jefferson Starship, uh, thankfully, does not have... a. Grace Slick in it, I because I even she was like, "Oh fuck this shit, I'm not doing it." Yeah, good job, Grace. Um, and uh, uh, B. Arthur was on. Uh, oh god, what was that show? On the Family. No, 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 no. It was a. 
was it mod mod she yeah, was doing yeah, mod yeah. at the time yeah it's like come on really you guys actually had steady jobs at the time and you said yes to this Ugh. but yes there's a i've actually been told that the only reason uh carrie fisher said yes to this was because she asked uh, lucas if she could sing in it oh yeah she does sing <laughs> to be honest she's got a really good voice yeah But, um, man, this was just so ill-advised. This, no idea why this, why this holiday special existed. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, I'm I'm looking at one of the reviews of it. Um, (laughs) uh, Nathan Nathan Rabin of the AV Club, he wrote this, one of the reviews. I'm not convinced the special wasn't ultimately written and directed by a sentient bag of cocaine. <laughs> you know what? Uh, that is that is a distinct possibility. <laughs> yeah. And Lucas himself has said, if I had the time and a sledgehammer, I would track down every copy of that show and smash it. <laughs> uh, this this is a fun bit. Um, in an online poll by the Paley Center, Star Wars Holiday Special was selected to be shown at the center by 59% of voters. It beat out Charlie Brown Christmas, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, among others. Wait a minute. It won a popularity contest? I think it, it's part of the bile fascination, you know? It's, it's, it's like... Uh, you know, uh, it's like, the it's train like the wreck. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the train wreck. Uh, it's like watching a beautiful 50 car pile up. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't think uh, Chewbacca's family ever got mentioned ever again. Uh, no. Um, no. Nope. And I nope, think nope. the next time. Uh, the Star Wars franchise actually showed uh, Kashyyyk, the the Wookiee homeworld. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they completely disregarded everything that happened here, which is which is for the best. <laughs> oh, thank God! <laughs> thank God! So that's uh, that's Star Wars, and that is, <laughs> that is Star Wars. And let's just say we're very thankful that they haven't done another holiday special since then. Yeah. I, it's, you know what? Them settling to release the movies around Christmas, I, I think that's a fair enough compromise. Yes, I agree. Yeah. All right. We mentioned Home Alone earlier. Let's let's dive into it. Mm-hmm. Home Alone is... Uh, it is the perfect uh, time capsule of the 90s. Absolutely. It is It is a John Hughes joint. Uh, it is. Uh, well, he wrote it. He didn't direct it. Yeah. Uh, it is directed by uh, Christopher Columbus, who uh, came back from the dead just for this movie and the Harry Potter <laughs> franchise. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue 
1990, he came back from the dead to make audiences go to movies again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is... Man, it's about a boy who incredibly gets left forgotten by his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, Kevin uh, is home alone until... Uh, two incredible, incredible burglars, uh, played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. Uh, well, they decide to rob the house, and uh, hijinks happen. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> just so we're clear, people, they call themselves the Wet Bandit Gang. Yeah. Because John Hughes couldn't come up with anything else. For that. Yeah, it's sort of the things are like, um, I'll come up with a name later, and then they just leave it within the shooting script. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I'm surprised the name wasn't, uh, you know, our name's going to be, insert name here. We we are the, the robber gang. The robber gang. We're the robber gang that robs houses. Yeah. We rob houses in broad daylight for some reason. <laughs> I know. Well, I guess they figure with uh, everyone away, they'd be safe. But uh, with little uh, with little Kevin McAllister Mm -hmm. and his uh, and his dungeon master level of trap building. This uh, guy's going to be a future uh, psychopath someday, isn't he? Well, I guess, you know, if you've seen the theories online, they figure uh, uh, Kevin McAllister grew up to be Saw from the Saw movies. Oh, Jigsaw, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jigsaw. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, pretty much. Uh, there's even, yeah. <laughs> there's even like a weird video surfacing online. came out like a couple years ago where this guy like gets into a, a cab or something that's being driven by, a, by Macaulay Culkin and he talks about... <laughs> oh man! He, uh, like Macaulay Culkin as Kevin McAllister, and he talks about like you know what happened when he was a kid. <laughs> but yeah, that is a very interesting film, and like you said, it's like a perfect time capsule that represents the uh, the nineties. Yeah, you know. Um... Like, some people are confused. Like, you know, Kevin can order pizza, but he can't, like, call his parents or whatever. But it's because, like, this is a a time where calling local numbers and calling, like, outside numbers work differently. That's that's why he couldn't exactly just, like, call his parents or, like, his parents couldn't call him. Right. And uh, that doesn't make sense unless you you grew up in the 90s or before that. (laughs) Right. And for the amount of times that the Wet Bandit Gang gets injured, I'm surprised they didn't have to go to the hospital afterwards or they're not like dead. Yeah. Um, Also, another uh, element of 90s uh, 90s culture, uh, pre 9-11 air travel. That's uh, Mm -hmm. something else. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. 
can't really explain what it's like to just like go up to the gate and fuck around it, waiting for your flight and uh, right. no one pats you down you don't have to open your luggage and uh, you can just bring your like 25 children on a plane and no one asks questions <laughs> yep oh wow yeah but uh the booby traps uh he's a little psychopath man for sure absolutely Yes, like what's that? He like uh, straps the uh, the tea kettle to one of the doors, and it burns like Joe Pesci's head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or uh, you know all the all the like broken glass and broken ornaments and forcing yeah. uh, Daniel Stern to walk on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the fact that he gets hit with a uh, an iron, he gets hit with a, a paint can. It's like, yeah, yeah. And he fall, like they fall down the stairs. Mm-hmm. It's very slippery. It's like, yeah. How are you not dead right now, or how are you not in like a wheelchair? Yeah, it's kind of like cartoon slapstick humor. I don't think people can make movies like this anymore. No, I don't think so. And believe me, they've tried. They've tried after the first Home Alone. Of course, there was the the sequel. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Yes. <laughs> With, uh... Oh, my God. With a cameo appearance by the guy who's currently, uh... Sitting in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> oh, man. I remember, as a kid, watching uh, Home Alone 2, and then it's like, who the fuck is that guy? And then... Apprentice came out in like 2000, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's the Home Alone guy. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, mention that to him. Let's see how pissed off he gets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, All the the traps here, too, um, really fucked up. Uh, There's the one where, uh, I think it was Marv, uh, they're in a... I guess abandoned apartment building and he has to well basically he gets shocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh you know it's uh, it's got that cartoony like you can see his skeleton and everything. It's Oh right. <laughs> and let's not forget the incredible performance by Tim Curry. Oh yes. As Mr. Hector the concierge. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. First of all, that name, Mr. Hector. Mr. Hector. Uh, (laughs) What? Oh, my God. What? It just looked like, from the looks on his face, the, like, those, like, those movements he made with his face, he looked like he was about to turn it into a cartoon and just eat Kevin. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, well, that's why he was in Fern Gully, man. That's why he was in Fern Gully. Yes, <laughs> that's why. That's why he was toxic love. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, mm. the soundtrack uh, with that uh, Tim Curry song. That was a little uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to recreate his performance 
from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, he's kind of trying to be Dr. Frankenfurter again, but just... Yes. Yeah, you know this is for kids, right? Please don't. It's like, this is supposed to be a kid's movie. It's about saving the environment. What are you doing? I'm a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. Transylvania. (laughs) Sorry, we... No, we can't do it nearly as well as he can. Yeah, it's uh, as shitty as Rocky Horror is. It is, it is, it is fun to watch. It is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mr. Hector. Um, but of course, we cannot talk about uh, Mr. Hector without mentioning the angels with filthy faces uh, scene. Oh my God! I don't. Please go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, Kevin um, staying in the hotel oh, yeah. with his dad's uh, credit card. You know, he, he's a little boy, so uh, Mr. Hector tries to get rid of him, but through some uh, some 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 quick thinking, Kevin plays a classic gangster movie. Uh, and uh, basically tries to scare Mr. Hector away, and it works. He kind of does. Yeah. I can't even remember the line specifically, but it's got that classic, classic bit. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, (laughs) and a happy (laughs) new year. (laughs) It's like, Come on, how are you supposed to be fooled by that? Yeah, how are you that stupid and not notice that's just like a TV turned up real loud? Well, I guess when Christopher, uh, when Chris Columbus directed it, I bet, <laughs> I bet he just said to Tim Curry, "Just act like you're a cartoon character." Oh yeah, like the most <laughs> naive and the most naive slash diabolical cartoon character you can think of. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but still, you, you you would have figured it out when you, like, noticed that there were no bullets coming through the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they ducked down anyway. Yeah, they ducked down anyway. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Home Alone 2. Lost in New York. Uh, I, I mean, those films are good and everything, but to me, one of my favorite films, one of my favorite holiday films, the one that I, yes, actually watch every year and really admire. Well, I mean, admire is kind of a strong word, but I really like the Santa Claus. Hell yeah. Uh? Uh, that's right. Uh, the uh, man uh, himself. Tim Allen, <laughs> yeah, in his uh, in in his darndest, trying to do some more family friendly stuff. Right, even though he's the like exact opposite of family friendly. The man arrested with a uh, porn mustache and more cocaine than most people would ever see in their lifetime on his person. Right. 
what was it like 60 grams or something you got caught with yeah i think that's um that's some fucking investment right there <laughs> no i will say this about tim allen he has done something that possibly no other person will ever do in their lifetime he at the time that santa claus came out in 1994 he was on the number one rated tv show he was the the santa claus was number one at the box office and he wrote a book that was number one on the new york times bestseller charts uh, it's basically a egot <laughs> Uh, that's like the weirdest EGOT in the world, but it's something that nobody else will ever uh, do. By the way, the title of the book, in case those, in case for those who are interested, is uh, Don't Stand This Close to a Naked Man. Uh? Seriously, that's the title. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Don't Stand Close to a Naked Man Making Ape Noises. That's, uh... <laughs> that is sound uh, advice. Yeah, for, for obvious reasons. Uh, Tim Allen, man. <laughs> but yes, the Santa Claus, uh, responsible, I guess, for introducing children to contracts. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Scott Calvin, uh, divorce advertising executive. Um, mm -hmm. fuck, what else? His uh, uh, his ex wife is uh, now married to someone else, and uh, and his son, um, you know, he's just trying to he's just trying to be there for his kid. But uh, right, typically, um, you you know, things fuck up. Uh, I, I I believe uh, a burnt turkey is involved, and uh, a burnt turkey is definitely involved. <laughs> yes, which which forces them to go to. Denny's for some reason, which is very weird product placement, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you continue. It's next. Cause it's sure. It's hard to explain. So, so yes. Yeah, so after their uh, adventure at Denny's, they, uh, they go home, uh, his son, Charlie, goes to bed, and uh, Scott Calvin hears a noise on the roof, and turns out it's Santa. So he goes outside, he just looks at him, and he goes, hey, you! And Santa trips, falls off the roof, and lands back first on the, uh, <laughs> on the ground, essentially killing him. And yes... It's a kid's film where Santa Claus is killed, or a Santa Claus is killed, and he goes he goes through his uh, his his coat, his suit, and he finds this uh, this card that says like you know like yeah yes my name is Santa Claus. On the back of the card it says like you know if something should happen to me, put on my suit. The reindeer will know what to do. So after much prodding from Charlie, he puts on the suit. He goes uh, 
he <laughs> gets on the gets on the sleigh and he goes to different kids' houses where he has a somewhat uh, apathetic view of uh, of what Santa Claus is supposed to do. Basically, he goes down the uh, goes down the chimney, tosses all the presents onto the uh, li- instead of places them, he literally tosses them onto the tree and he goes uh, goes back up. He eventually gets to the uh, the North Pole. Where uh, he meets the uh, head elf, guy by the name of Bernard, and he uh, <laughs> apparently he didn't read the fine print because looking more closely at the uh, at the card, it's actually a contract that says if you put on the suit, you're Santa Claus, and you have basically a year to you know, get everything in order in order to, you know, assume this new role. And so over the course of the next, uh, over the course of the next year, he starts noticing, uh, let's just say some changes to him. He starts getting these giant packages that say both naughty and nice on them. He starts rapidly gaining weight, even though he's, uh, trying everything he can to, to lose it. He instantly grows a, a beard, which he immediately tries to shave, but it just as easily grows back. And yeah, transformation is complete. He is now Santa Claus. Yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know. Uh, Santa Claus is, it kind of operates on werewolf logic, maybe. If you get infected, you slowly start turning into Santa. I guess so. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, that's basically the concept. But um, as as it's terrible as it sounds on paper, it is. It is. Uh, you know what? It is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it is. It, you know what? Watch it once. Yeah, I mean, yeah, watch it once, you know, just to see what it is, and then you can divulge your own opinion from from there. Yeah, but uh, it was successful enough that there is a The Santa Claus 2 and a Santa Claus 3. Oh, for the love of God. Which, of course, there is. Why? Just why? Why, Disney? You don't have to make sequels to everything, Disney. Well, now that Disney is poised to basically be a monopoly from, you know, this uh, Fox deal. I oh, think... you mean they're taking over? You mean they're taking over the world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is well, basically, the future is just an endless pipeline of sequels and remakes. Mm-hmm. Which uh, you know what we'll uh, we'll talk about it in our uh, in our next episode. How about that? Yes, our, absolutely. Uh, our uh, predictions and uh, year interview. Mm-hmm. So Santa Claus one, two, and three, uh, Christmas movies that uh, 
you know what? They had they had a good concept in the first one, and then they just run that shit into the ground. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Because like all great movies, they need a crappy sequel to bring everything back down again. Yep, yep. That is also what happened with Home Alone. Um, I think oh I think God. there are five Home Alone movies now, but the there only, are. But the only ones ever worth watching were the first two. Okay, you're probably gonna hate me for this, but I used to dil- diligently watch the uh, the third one. Home Alone 3, for some reason. I guess it's not awful, the third one, but it's it's not good either. It's no, a completely it's like, different boy, so. It's a different it's a different boy that apparently grows up in the same uh, same neighborhood as Kevin McAllister, but we don't even see Kevin McAllister. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> like you would think Macaulay Culkin would make a cameo, just like, you know, just like scoffing at something or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, this uh, Home Alone apparently involves uh, espionage and missile chips for reasons. Yeah. Also uh, also starring uh, Scarlett Johansson as the kid's older sister. That's right. Hey, we all got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That was maybe the first thing I saw her in. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, interestingly enough, the guy that plays, uh, you know, his older brother mm-hmm. actually went on to become a... I think this is true. Yeah, he actually went on to become a pro baseball player. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Seth Smith. Oh, who does he play with? Who does he play with now? Um, is he is he still with uh, Oakland? Let me see. Uh, he's currently a free agent right now. Okay, interesting. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but apparently last year he played for the uh, for the Orioles. Okay. From. Uh... Someone's older brother in a movie to pro baseball. That's quite the career change. I'll say. <laughs> I'll say. I mean, hey, nice work if you can get it. Yeah. Um, to Home Alone 3, yeah. One of the big plot points in that movie is uh, is the kid having a remote control car, and that pretty much features in a lot of the, a lot of the scenes. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember begging my parents after that movie came out for a remote-controlled car. <laughs> uh, by the way, this is uh, this movie um, was directed by the same director as Big Mama's House and the two Scooby-Doo movies that came out in the 2000s. Ah, Roger Snell, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, he was he was an editor in like uh the first two Home Alones and I think Mrs. Doubtfire. That's correct. 
He also did work on uh, Rookie of the Year and Miracle on 34th Street, the remake, the remake. not the original. Yeah, uh, that would be quite the achievement if he worked on the original, considering he <laughs> uh, wasn't even born yet when that came out. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, there, there's also um, another Christmas movie uh, that I love, uh, Gremlins. Gremlins, right. Uh, same like uh, Die Hard. Uh, the, the Christmas is almost uh, tangential. But, uh, you know... Uh, it just happens to take place around Christmas. Yeah. But, you know, Gremlins... Man, what could what can I say about Gremlins? It's a perfect it's a perfect kids movie to be honest. It is. Even though some of the Gremlins themselves are actually terrifying. Yeah. Uh You know, uh the, the fucking the one with the mohawk, that one that one's a piece of shit. Oh, uh, what you mean Stripe? Stripe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it's got uh I think this and uh, Temple of Doom was uh was the one that got the MPAA to revise the rating system. Right, uh, PG thirteen. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's uh it's it's violent enough that it's not quite for children, but it's also you know. There's still a lot of things in it for kids, so kids would probably uh, want to watch the movie, and that's uh, that's basically how the PG-13 rating came about, and uh, certainly seems like PG-13 is what every movie is gunning for if they try to make money now. Right. Pretty much. Uh, but yeah, so what are the what are the main rules about uh, Gremlins? You can't uh, uh, don't expose the Mogwai to bright lights or sunlight, which will mm-hmm. kill the thing. Uh, don't let it get wet, and uh, don't feed it after midnight. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, children. Ah, they. They don't listen to all three of those rules because they're idiots. Yeah. Well, technically, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't uh, Billy's fault. No. Uh, no, 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 no his his no. his clock died, so he kind of overfed. Uh, overfed the uh, the Mogwai. So. But he couldn't just check another clock. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's uh. You're a child, man. You you don't have the patience. Right. I mean, he wasn't a child. He's he's a teenager. I guess. Anyone under anyone under 18 is a child to me. <laughs> Fair enough. And that's the way it should be, folks. <laughs> yes, as you can see, folks, we've become a little bit more cynical as we've gotten older. <laughs> Uh, We're slowly turning into a Statler and Waldorf of the Muppets. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> it's, uh... Oh, ho, 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 ho. Oh, ho, 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 ho. 
Uh, They were the best parts of the Muppet show, to be honest. Right, because you looked to them for uh, for levity. If a joke or a a segment didn't go well, you looked to them to say, like, you know, yeah, that sucked. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and the Swedish chef, that's that's another great one. (laughs) Oh, my God, the Swedish chef, which if you mention it in, in Sweden... People will, th- will thumb their noses at you. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, it is an accurate uh, portrayal of Swedish people. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, because I'm sure Swedish people uh, go around just saying "bork, bork, bork" all the time. You mean they don't? Whoa! I uh, know, mind blown, huh? I gotta, I gotta ask. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård about that, or I gotta ask uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got I gotta ask uh, my beautiful wife Alicia Vikander about that. <laughs> yes, it's between her and Gal Gadot. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like reserve your uh, reserve your judgment until the new uh, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider comes yeah, out. yeah, yeah. That's true. That is true. Um. Well, we'll see what happens. If anything, uh, Walton Goggins is in it. So, as what a, isn't he? In? Yeah. Hey, glad uh, glad my man is getting some work. You know. Yeah. No, he's getting a lot of work. <laughs> it feel like you're seeing him in everything now. Yeah, he was he was on TV. Uh, he's in he's in a slate of movies this past few years. Yeah, good for him, man. I always yeah. love it when these guys get work. Yeah, for sure. Was it weird that the first time I ever saw him in a movie was in Shanghai Noon? No, I think that was the first time I saw him too, uh, featuring our good friend uh, Jackie Chan. That's right, the subject of our first episode. Jackie Chan, the. Uh, Man, he is probably one of the, one of the funniest people. So let's uh, let's let's go back to the Mogwai. Uh, yes, in fact, one of the Mogwai is played by Howie Mandel. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Gizmo, Gizmo, the the one that you know doesn't turn bad. Exactly. I actually can't believe that Howie Mandel voiced him. I can't believe Howie Mandel was actually a voiceover artist. <laughs> I mean, you're so used to seeing him on TV just saying, you know, deal or yeah. no deal. Yeah. Or, or, it, almost, it, almost, it almost boggles your mind that he actually did have a career before that. Yeah. You, you remember that show he did, uh, This Is How We Do It? Oh, what the stupid prank show! That yeah, the, the the that was when everyone <laughs> was ripping off, uh, punked. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, by the way, um, cool cool cameo in uh, Gremlins, Chuck Jones. Chuck Jones, the animator. Yeah, the legendary animator. Legendary Looney Tunes animator was in uh, was in Gremlins as Mr. That's Jones. Right. The I'm, and yes, he, he was also he was also a uh, an animator in the show in the movie. 
<laughs> I think it was more of a sketch artist, but yeah. Um, Spielberg was also a cameo in the in the movie. Uh huh. And uh, Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry Goldsmith, the famous uh, composer. Famous composer. Uh, I can guarantee you, if you've seen a movie, he probably did this the music. Either him or Hans Zimmer. Either him or Hans Zimmer. And I guess now, uh, what's it? John Williams. John, or John Williams, yes. Yeah, yeah. If you've seen a movie, you've seen one of those three. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So Gremlins was uh, successful enough to uh, have a Gremlins 2, which... It, uh, I guess some people think it's more on the silly side and it's not a... Uh, it is! It is! And it's uh, it's not as good as the first one. But you know what? I loved it. <laughs> I loved it too. I love it especially for all the ridiculous cameos that it has. Absolutely. Including the Hulkster. The Hulkster. Yeah, brother. Yeah. Orange pythons. <laughs> I am a real American. <laughs> Fight for the rights of every man. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. The only way, the only way this movie could be more, uh, this could be, this movie could be more of a, like a love letter to the 80s if they somehow had Iron Sheik in it. <laughs> That's right. And he he just pops up just saying like you know uh, you know don't be the jabroni always be the real. I put you in the camel clutch and I break your back. <laughs> Bubba, <laughs> Bubba, Iran number one USA. Hak tui. Man, I have so much respect for uh, the sheik. For the sheik. Uh, basically being a heel when Iran was absolutely the most hated country in America at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just hamming it up in the, in the squared circle. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Christopher Lee is in fucking Gremlins too, so, uh... <laughs> he is. Uh, he plays a Dr. Catheter... God damn, what a name. <laughs> oh my god. Um there, there's also uh Dick Butkus in the movie. Dick Butkus. Oh that's right. Dick Butkus and uh who's the other guy? Bubba Fuck. Smith. Bubba Smith, yeah, yeah. Uh two football players, uh for some reason oh. in, in Two legendary football yeah, players. Two legendary football players for some reason in the Gremlins too. <laughs> well, Bubba Smith actually had an acting career. He was in the first he was in several police academy movies. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh fuck, what's his name? Hightower. Hightower, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we he gotta do a... we gotta do an episode on uh police academy. Yes, we do. I mean I've only seen the first one, but still, there's seven of them. <laughs> yeah, it. there's seven of them, and uh, it's a roller coaster ride of quality. And if you can believe it, uh, Christopher Lee's in one of those films as well. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> oh, oh boy. Sir, Sir Christopher, why? What? I don't know. Maybe he, he did the work. Th- then again, this was before both Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, so. Yeah, but I mean, he was Francisco Scaramanga. And he was also Dracula. He was Dracula. And uh, I guess uh, <laughs> he was Muhammad Ali Jinnah, the founder of Pakistan in the bio. <laughs> in the yeah. biopic Jinnah, yeah. which he's always said he's always said that that's his favorite performance that mm-hmm. he's ever done. But still, it's a white guy playing a guy from Pakistan. Yeah, well, I mean, he saw his buddy Alec Guinness do uh, Gandhi, and he was like, yeah. Uh, ben, King- uh, ben, ben Kingsley. Kingsley. Well, Ben Kingsley is Indian. Yeah, the thing is, Ben Kingsley is actually of Indian descent. Yeah, yeah. But wait, wasn't Alec Guinness also, like, didn't he also play Gandhi? Did he? Hang on. He did not play Gandhi. He did not play Gandhi, no, but he was uh, Prince Faisal in Lawrence of Arabia. Okay, so... Um... So, yes, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi once played a character named Prince Faisal. <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia. Um... Mm-hmm. Considered to be one of the greatest movies ever made. That was also when everything was too fucking long. Yeah, that's like a four-hour-long movie. Yeah, same with, like, uh, Cleopatra. Um, Dr. Zhivago. Dr. Zhivago, which also had Alec Guinness in it. He, uh, he plays the titular character. Well, no, uh, Omar Sharif was uh, Yuri Zhivago. Alec Guinness, I think, was his dad or something. Or Yes. Lieutenant yes. Zhivago. Lieutenant General... Yevgrav Andreevich Zhivago. Hell yeah. What a name. It is, it is a good movie, but it's really fucking long. Let's see. It's a David Lean film, so that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. 200 minutes. 200 minutes, people. Yeah. That is... We we should also talk about the some of the crazy epics that they made back in the glory days. Yeah, the ones that Absolutely. are like four hours long, and they had breaks. Four to five and, hours. Yes, long. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there was one film I've I've heard of in the early early days of Hollywood, like in the twenties and thirties, that actually in its entirety, uh, takes about two to three days to watch. Oh yeah, agreed, uh, right? Greed, yes. Yeah, yeah. We we got to talk about that. We have to talk about that at some point. Absolutely. And all the crazy... Uh, oh, my God. Basically, all the crazy things that happened in production and the editing. And just Eric von Stroheim being a complete tyrant on set. Hell, yeah. 462 minutes is the original cut. I think, uh, I think even TCM was like, yeah, we, we could only like show a four hour cut of this. <laughs> yeah. The uh, cut that they show now, the uh, reconstructed cut is 239 minutes. 
And I think uh, since a lot of the scenes were missing, they, they had to use like set photos or stills. That makes sense. To fill in the gaps. Yeah. No, but it's interesting. I mean, we'll discuss this further when we actually talk about it. But apparently, uh, Eric von Stroheim was literally shooting the book. It was based on a book called uh, McTeague. Yeah, yeah. But he was literally shooting the book. Like, he started on page one and went to the went to the end. Yeah. This, this was back when people did not know how to make adaptations. Right. And how how long is this book exactly? Um, it does not say. Well, this is a long. T- this is back in the day, so it's probably one of those like Swiftian five thousand page books. Probably. Because what else are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> what else are you gonna do at the turn of the century? You're just gonna watch like you know some guy in blackface do vaudeville, or oh or God. read a book. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how many people actually did wa- watch some guy in blackface do vaudeville. It did. That was that was a national pastime back in the day. It was. It was. What the fuck? Even even yet, even uh, Jewish immigrants got in on the act. Uh, like you know, Al Jolson <laughs> is famous oh, for for singing fucking mammy in in like shoe polish. Oh God. Don't get me started on Al Jolson. I, I recently found out that I am in some way related to him. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, it's, it's true. Goddamn. Like, my dad told me this recently. I'm like, what? <laughs> now, that's what we it's... call a Hanukkah miracle. <laughs> and speaking of Hanukkah, are there, in fact, any Hanukkah movies out there? Well, we we did talk about uh, the inglorious Adam Sandler uh, animated movie. Oh, that's right. The one and only Eight Crazy Nights. Eight Crazy Nights. (laughs) Which, when you think about it, Eight Crazy Nights uh, is just a line from uh, the Hanukkah song. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of one day, we've got Eight Crazy Nights. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's, uh, we already talked about him at length but still man it's adam like, sandler is, come on man this this is your contribution to our holiday really this is this is this is his uh this is what he's doing for the tribe man this is what he's doing for the tribe <laughs> 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 He's making us look like idiots, though. Yeah, and I feel like if your exposure to uh, Jewish culture is Adam Sandler, really, it's your own fault if you think all Jewish people are like that. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Just why? Why Sandler? <laughs> You've given us all a bad name. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, is, are there anything else um, about Hanukkah? Yes. There is, there is, the Hebrew hammer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hebrew hammer. The Hebrew hammer, which is basically like, <laughs> it's basically like a, a Jewish exploitation movie. Yep. And it involves uh, the titular 
Hebrew hammer going out and trying to save uh, Hanukkah from the evil son of Santa Claus who wants to destroy Hanukkah and make everyone celebrate Christmas. And the Hebrew hammer's alter ego, his real name, this is such a badass name that I'm surprised nobody's like picked it up yet. Mordecai Jefferson Carver. <laughs> Damn. Um, and over the course of a, over the course of the movie, he teams up with uh, his friend and Black Panther, uh, Muhammad Ali Paula Abdul Rahim, played by Mario <laughs> Van Peebles. Yes, by Mario Van Peebles. And his love interest. Listen, listen, just listen to this name. Just listen to this name. Uh, Esther Blumen Bergen Steinenthal. Uh, I think I matched with her on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, when I was living in New York, yeah. <laughs> that is such a, like, I'm sorry, that's such a, like, a fucking, a parody of, like, a Jap name. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm surprised there there wasn't a Cohen added at the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, and that's Jap as in Jewish American princess, and not obviously not Japanese people. Right. Uh, I've met quite a few in my day. Yeah. Hebrew hammer, folks. Uh, you know what? Just Google the box cover because it is certified classic. Yes. And it looks, <laughs> to be honest, you know, as much as this movie gets a bad rap for all the uh, stereotypical uh, uh, portrayals of uh, Jewish people, I actually find it hilarious. <laughs> well, you know, it it operates on like the, the in like an incredulous logic. So, yeah, and oh god, apparently there's going to be a sequel. Oh shit! Apparently there's going to be a sequel called The Hebrew Hammer versus Hitler. Okay, we're we're watching that. Yes, we are. When it eventually comes out, <laughs> whenever that might be. Yeah. So besides uh, Hebrew Hammer and Eight Crazy Nights, uh, anything else we missed out on uh, on Hanukkah? Let's see. Hang on. What am I missing? Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, Full Court Miracle, the Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> Starring the kid from Home Alone 3. Really? Yes, really. All right. Let, let's get into it. Oh, my God. Okay. So it involves this kid who goes to, uh, goes to school. With, this kid named Alex who goes to school at the Philadelphia Hebrew Academy. And he and his friends... He and his friends play on this really, uh, really shitty uh, basketball team, <laughs> and they need a. And of course, like you know, in order to defeat their rivals, they need a. They need their, their own version of a Judah Maccabee to lead them to victory. Okay. So, uh, 
eventually Alex finds uh, this uh, guy who could possibly be their coach named Lamont Carr, who was a former uh, college basketball star. And they don't they don't hit it off right away, but eventually they become friends, you know, and he starts coaching the team. They start winning games. And, but at the same time, you know, Alec is also neglecting his studies and, you know, it just goes back and forth mm. between this whole thing. But yeah, I used to watch this film all the time growing up when it was on the Disney Channel. Interesting. Um, I don't remember ever watching it, but then again, I don't remember most Disney Channel movies. <laughs> I mean, you have some good ones and you have some forgettable ones. Yeah. I mean, you could thank Disney Channel original movies for starting Zac Efron's career. Absolutely. Um, you know, when High School Musical came out and my cousin, she was like, that age mm -hmm. jesus christ I, like f every time we went over to to her house just fucking soundtrack was on <laughs> <laughs> i am so sorry but i i sympathize with you because my sisters used to play that soundtrack <laughs> all the damn time yeah <laughs> that's the fucking that's the fucking uh <laughs> just yeah well you know that, that's what you get when you have basic cable and uh preteen girls yeah uh do you remember any specific disney channel original movies about christmas that like stand out i, I found something that just is called a uh, twas the night with, Oh my God. With, <laughs> with Brian Cranston. What? Yes. What? Yes. Apparently Brian Cranston was in a Disney channel original movie. What the fuck? It was when he was starring on Malcolm in the Middle. Oh yeah, before his his dark turn. Before his, before he became Walter White. Yeah. You're goddamn right. I am the one who knocks. <laughs> one of the most epic lines ever. <laughs> oh man. But what the fuck is? You know what? Uh, as another tangent, like. When I first saw, like, Breaking Bad and, like, when it first came out, I was like, seriously, they're, like, they're trying to make the dad from Malcolm in the Middle the bad guy. What the, what the fuck? Right. No, I was, <laughs> no, I was suspicious about that, too. I'm like, you know, oh, okay, it's Brian Cranston. He's the, the goofball dad from Malcolm in the Middle who always is a klutz. Mm -hmm. But it's like, oh, Oh, oh shit! No, you are. Oh, you are a fucking badass. Yeah. Well, they had really good writing, so. Yeah, I'm I'm Vince sure Gilligan. I'm sure if it was not Vince Gilligan, it would have been a shitty, like show. Oh, absolutely, I agree. Yeah. Uh, 
You know, we didn't even get into um, the the other all time TV classics like uh, uh, fuck uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Christmas, and what's the other one they always show on fucking TV? Um, Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas, right? Yeah. No Christmas time is here. Yeah. What are you saying? What are you saying? Was there not enough money in the budget to hire uh, a voiceover actress to play the teacher? I think that's the stylistic choice, right? To just portray grown ups as like. Yeah, yeah, basically like. <laughs> Like someone speaking through a wah pedal. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but I mean, you know, and of course, you know, you have the legendary, uh, legendary "How the Grinch Stole Christmas." You know, with that classic song. You know, you're a mean, mean one, Mister Grinch. Mister Grinch. <laughs> As a Thurl Ravenscroft, right? Thurl Ravenscroft, yes. And you know what else he did? Thurl Ravenscroft? He is the voice of Tony the Tiger. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's fucking awesome, man. Yes. So, yeah, just imagine the guy singing uh, the Grinch song is also the guy saying, uh, They're great! <laughs> that's actually not bad <laughs> yeah well I try <laughs> <laughs> you're a mean one Mr. Grinch <laughs> what a film yeah what, yeah what a I mean would you call it a film I mean it's a, it it's a, a special you know it's, it's it's not that long I think it's what an hour less I think like half an half hour half an hour yeah yeah, I mean, but still, it's it only comes out during Christmas time, so. That's right. Yeah, the half hour, half hour short. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that's another uh, phenomenon um, that Disney does is they come up with like these special Christmas time shorts. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they had a Beauty and the Beast one, and recently uh -huh. they they had a Frozen one, which. For whatever reason, they tacked on a twenty-minute short in front of Coco. I don't know why. Why? I, we get it. Yeah, we get it. Frozen was a popular movie. Stop drilling it into our heads. Yeah, it's. You could almost say that Disney should let it go. <laughs> How long have you been? say that basically since we brought up disney <laughs> oh my god but yeah um for sure uh that beauty and the beast one got eventually released on like vhs or whatever uh i remember that one yes uh for some reason it had like a like an evil furnace as a villain 
No, it was a... Um, or was it a church organ? It was a church organ. Okay. Yeah, it makes voiced even... by Tim, Voiced by Tim Curry. Of, of course it's voiced by Tim Curry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Because, of course. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. Yes. <laughs> God damn, and man. With the original cast and Tim Curry as Forte. Forte. The, uh... So what, he's like a pimp from the 70s? No. <laughs> Yeah, my no. name is Forte. Why don't you shop around that pussy around the street, darling? <laughs> no, he is the uh, the composer of the castle. I see. Uh, you know what? What always bothered me about Beauty and the Beast is that like no one in the surrounding area was ever like. Did we have a prince or something? Wasn't there a castle I know, nearby? I know. <laughs> and when Bell went missing, they're just like, you know, eh. Oh, it's that it's that reading girl. Nobody gives a shit about her. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's that's like, just so weird. It's like they never like address because first of all, it couldn't have it could not have happened that long ago because, you know, the beast was a child when it happened right and it's fucking somebody must have remembered like there's no way you could just forget that there was a castle right oh man uh oh we also didn't get into like the 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 millions on millions of adaptations of a christmas carol okay Favorite one ever is Muppet's Christmas Carol. There's exactly, no exactly. It. Muppet Christmas Carol, Carol is the best fucking one. <laughs> it's the great Gonzo being Charles Dickens. Yeah, yeah. For some reason. And uh, Waldorf and uh, Statler is That's Marley and Marley. That's right. We're Marley and Marley. Damn it, now that song's going to be stuck in my yeah, head. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's a great uh, one, dude. Uh, you got Kermit the Frog as uh, Bob Cratchit. Uh-huh. And you have the one and only Marco Kine as Ebenezer Scrooge. Marco Kine. Marco Kine. Ebenezer. He is, he is terrifying as Scrooge. He is. He is absolutely terrifying. It's like, holy shit. It's probably just remembering his time growing up in East London. No, I think it's his time. I think he's having traumatic moments of being in Jaws 4. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That is absolutely uh, an incredible shit show. <laughs> Don't see Jaws 4, people. Just, no. Yeah. Although it does, ha- it does have that really hilarious tagline, this time, it's personal. 
Oh yeah. That, that was the one where the shark roars, right? Yes, the shark roars. Oh god, fucking a. It's like, uh, just like, <laughs> fucking. It's a. like, okay, uh, good for you, whoever the hell directed this. You managed to, <laughs> you managed to make a, a shark roar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did direct that film? Joseph Sargent. Joseph Sargent. The hell did he do? Uh, uh, he's done some pretty good films. White Lightning. Uh, uh, taking a Pelham one two three. Okay. How did Not he bad. go from that to Jaws: The Revenge? Hey, you take work where you can get it. I I guess. You, yeah, you seriously take work where you can get it. From White Lightning to t- taking a Pelham one two three, uh, to Jaws: The Revenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, that's uh. That, and that's all we have to say about that. Pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol is is a banger. It is. I love. Uh, even when there when there's moments, these really emotional moments. I love the fact that they're able to bring it back by uh, Gonzo and uh, Rizzo providing the uh, the levity. Yeah, and Fozzie Bear is <laughs> as Fozzie Wig. Yeah, Fozzie Wig and. Fozzie Wig and Mom's Rubber Chicken Factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, I did a production of Christmas Carol when I was in high school. Yeah. And I play, I, I played the Fezziwig character. When I saw that, when I saw that film after a while, I'm like, oh my god, that's who I am. <laughs> you should have, you should have just said, you know, waka waka. I feel like I should have done that. <laughs> I, I should have. I should have. What, what's wrong with me? Why Why didn't I do it? <laughs> it would have been, it would have just destroyed the mood, but you would have been cool. <laughs> yeah. The Muppet Christmas Carol. And then there was also the really strange animated Jim Carrey one. Oh yeah! Oh my God, that was God. That was intense. That was a little bit insane. Yeah, it, it looks like a video game cutscene, like a video game cutscene from now, because like the Pretty graphics much. were very realistic for when it came out. But it just it it's you know it's the uncanny valley phenomenon where it's like yeah it's you know computer generated, but they kind of move like real people. Yeah. So it's kind of off-putting. The same with uh, another, I guess, Christmas classic, uh, Polar Express. I was just about to say, yeah. It's got Tom Hanks as Tom Hanks. and <laughs> I mean, yes, he does have a role, but it's Tom Hanks playing Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is just like fucking... I, I, like, the, yeah. It, it, it just looks too real and it's just uncomfortable it's very uncomfortable but you know what i 
I do like the film. I like the uh, the message that it portrays, and I love you know them being able to go on the uh, being able to go to the North Pole where this giant you know festival is being thrown, and it's just a great film. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's it's a nice family movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of. Um adaptations there's also uh the grinch the grinch yes with, with uh with jim carrey with jim another jim carrey, carrey christmas <laughs> another jim carrey christmas movie yeah and um directed by ron howard folks that's right we're we see a little bit more into the grinch's uh backstory yeah than anyone ever thought thought was necessary right and it it seems odd it's like you do realize this isn't a superhero origin story you're not gonna make it into like some dark gritty reboot (laughs) i just i'm just imagining a gritty reboot of the grinch now oh jesus but it's a movie that still terrifies my sister to this day what why is your sister scared I guess she doesn't like that Jim Carrey is so animated in the suit. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I mean, I I get that. It is a little uh, uncomfortable seeing him um, move around in a green suit. Right. With like a dog nose. Mm-hmm. And making like weird pop culture references. Yeah, which... I'm not even sure the Who's have pop culture. No. Don't think so. And, you know, they made the props to the makeup department for uh, not only, you know, Jim Carrey's uh, makeup, but also uh, turning the entire residence of Whoville into... Pretty much their uh, Dr. Seuss equivalent. Yeah, yeah. Except for Cindy Lou, who actually just looks normal. Yeah, like a like a normal little girl. <laughs> yeah. Is um, is played by uh, Taylor Momsen, I guess, more uh-huh. famous for Gossip Girl and her band. Right. But yeah, that that adaptation was a weird one. Um. Although not as weird as the uh, cat in the hat one. <sighs> don't worry, we don't have to go into detail. Yeah. I mean, we we've talked a lot we've talked about a lot of absolute stinkers on questions like this, but Mhm. Let's we we're, we're going to table the cat in the hat for when we're really desperate for a topic. Uh, exactly. But in the meantime, I feel like there's one Christmas movie we've we've overlooked. Is there? Hmm. Believe there is. Know what I mean? Know what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking about Ernest Saves Christmas, folks. Yeah. Uh, man. Jim Varney. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Uh, 
You know, the Ernest movies, they're they're good, clean fun. They really are. Even if the jokes don't always quite land yeah. the way they should, no, they're actually quite a quite fun. Yeah. Quite you fun know. to Let's uh let's let's talk about Ernest Saves Christmas. Yes. So it starts with uh with Santa Claus, uh played by the guy who voices uh, the Sultan in in Aladdin. <laughs> yeah. Um starts with Santa Claus uh you know, trying to find his uh his replacement because he's been uh Santa Claus were over 130 years and he's decided to wrap, wrap things up. So he's gone down to, I think it's like Orlando, Florida. Yeah, it was in There's Orlando for some reason. And he, uh, is picked up by Ernest played by Jim Varney, mm-hmm. uh, who's now a, a cab driver. And he goes to this uh, local, uh, I think he goes to like this local uh, children's uh, hospital where he meets this, uh, he meets this guy. Um, what, what's the guy's name? Hang on. Yeah, he meets this guy named Joe Carruthers who does this this puppet show. For the kids there, um, Uncle Uncle Joey's to... Treehouse. That's right, Uncle Joey's Treehouse. Yeah. Um, and uh, he just says, you know, like, yep, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the guy. But before he can actually convince convince Joe that he's Santa Claus and that he wants him to take over, uh. Joe is then, I don't know, he's talked into doing like this weird like local TV show or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I could never, could never really figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like up to Ernest and Santa to try and convince Joe to become the new Santa Claus, which they, uh, which they, uh, eventually do. <laughs> yeah. What a, oh my God. What a, uh, what a concept it's, you know what? I love watching it. It's a, it's one of those like classic, you know, kids films. That yeah, you can't me stop too. Watching. No, for sure. Um, yeah, maybe we talked about it off uh, off mic, but uh, yeah, the Ernest movies. I loved watching them, and definitely Ernest mm-hmm. Scared Stupid, which is legitimately one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> With Eartha Kitt. With Eartha Kitt, yeah that that always like fucking surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like it, it's, a, it's a shame because, you know, most kids know uh, Jim Varney for being uh, Slinky the dog in uh, the Toy Story series. Yeah, yeah. 
that they don't know about this entire history of him being uh, Ernest P. Worrell. Yeah, they don't know about, hey, Vern, it's Ernest. That's right. Oh, man. And how he was the spokesman for pretty much everything in the 80s. Oh yeah, I mean even the 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 Hey Vern character, uh, it was like some sort of commercial, right? Yeah, it was. Like Ernest started out as like a commercial character. Yeah. But man, it was also in one of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons. So. Which one? He was a carny. Oh. <laughs> and uh, they take over the the Simpsons house. <laughs> wow yeah 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 bart carney wow bart carney hey man si- the, the simpsons basically from like we like we said simpsons basically from season two to season seven or season eight the best damn tv ever made yes yes it was and to be honest, like I only like I still watch The Simpsons occasionally, but even then I only watch Treehouse of Horror. Right. I mean, what else is there to watch yeah. nowadays when it comes to the when it comes to The Simpsons? I mean, did you did you see that documentary that came out uh, recently? I don't think so. No. About it, it's called it's called uh, the Problem with Apu. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, I've heard about it. I haven't seen it. It's uh, really... Harry Kondabalu, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ha- Harry Kondabalu, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's actually really good. Yeah. Well, I mean, Apu is basically grandfathered in. He, yeah, really is. I mean, it's it's a thing. Like, um, South Park, there's no way that show could be made today. Oh, no, absolutely not. Like, South Park is grandfathered in. And, yeah. uh... Did you ever watch Mad TV growing up? Of course I did. Hell I yeah. Show. You are watching Mad TV. TV. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's the that's the that's the jingle for for Nationwide yeah. Insurance. I couldn't quite do the Mad TV one, but it's kind of similar. Yes. But yeah, uh Mad TV, there's no way that could be made today. <laughs> No. Even though some people are thinking of like bringing Mad TV back, but it's like right. literally every sketch was like this character except gay or like Miss Swan was played by a white woman. Oh God, Miss Swan. It would, you know what? It would have been funnier if they had Bobby Lee do it. Oh God. No, he he, he already did enough uh, uh, Asian uh stereotyping on the uh on that show yeah well yeah and uh what's what's his name uh keith bill yeah key and peel got their start there there was also that fucking uh the the gate like the persian persian tow truck driver or whatever that one is also very very suspect sketch nowadays (laughs) Uh but you know uh Time Zero marches on. Time marches on, yep. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, Ernest Saves Christmas. Watch it if you have not. 
Um, Ernest Scared Stupid. Also watch it if you have Please not. Please watch that. And, well, I guess we'll talk about the other big one, the other big Christmas movie. Fucking Die Hard. Die Hard. Starring <laughs> Bruce Willis and uh, Alan Rickman. Hans Gruber! Alan Rickman, may he rest in peace. This was his first ever film, people. He was 46 years old, and this was his first ever film. Yeah, it's really incredible when you think about it. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta love it. He knocked it out of the park. For sure. He seriously knocked it out of the park. And so did Bruce Willis. It's the role that made him. Yeah, yeah. That was really like I mean, when Bruce like became like the action star. Yeah. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you've somehow never seen Die Hard, um, takes place in uh, Nakatomi Plaza. Nakatomi uh, Plaza. On Christmas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, off-duty cop John McClane mm-hmm. is caught in Nakatomi Plaza during a heist led by the incredible Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber! <laughs> Which should always be said in that way, by the way. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's... Uh, yeah, and starring also uh, Reginald Vell Johnson mm-hmm. as uh, as Carl Winslow. No, Al, Al Powell. No, 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 no. Yeah. He's Carl Winslow. He, he, He's Carl Winslow. Basically, basically, he is Carl Winslow. Yeah. Because <laughs> think about it. Think about it. He has portrayed a cop in not only Family Matters, not only Die Hard, but in Ghostbusters as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, family matters. Mm-hmm. It's a rare condition in this day and age. <laughs> Dude, you know, you know what they were talking about in the intro. What? Yeah, the, the rare condition is uh, Urkel's autism. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it's it's very it's very ahead of its Holy time. Holy shit! See. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. That that just made me see the show in a brand new light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And God, there was like this uh, stand-up comedian I saw in New York. Uh, Jordan Temple, who said, uh, yeah, you know, Family Matters uh, showed me that black people could have things white people had, like autism. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah, I guess Urkel would be autistic today. He would be, yeah. Did I do that? Did I do that? <laughs> Go home, Steve. <laughs> and I love the episodes where he uh, he transforms himself into a Stefan Urkel. Stefan Urkel, man. The suave black dude. Mm-hmm. 
That show really went off the wagon. After like season maybe five or six. Yeah, yeah. It just just completely had the most retarded plots. No, it drifted into science fiction. Yeah, like he had a like, robot, right? At some point. He like, did have a robot. Urkel the made a robot. Yeah, Urkelbot. That uh, I think it... There was one episode that might have involved the robot trying to take over the world. Yeah. Uh, started out as just a family sitcom with uh, Carl Winslow. And... and family. But then it became the Urkel show. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, let's go back to uh, Carl Winslow and Die Hard. That's right. He's basically acting as uh, John McClane's uh, like moral compass, if you will, his guide throughout yeah, yeah. the uh, throughout the entire uh, entire process. And in it, he reveals that uh, he reveals to McClane that he. Uh, accidentally shot a kid but yeah it's up to john mcclain to save the day which he eventually does by dropping uh hans gruber off the top of nakatomi plaza hell yeah yippee motherfucker yippee motherfucker <laughs> which led to uh Four incredibly crappy sequels. Yeah. That progressively got, you know... Worse. Worse and worse. Uh, Die Harder. Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was uh, a Die Hard, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Live Free or Die Hard. A Good Day to Die Hard. Um, uh, Die Hard... Three was the one where he was in New York, right? That's right. Yeah, I, so, like I remember, like yeah. you know, uh, I, I watched it on TV and like they edited the the slur on the sandwich board, and I was right. like, and I was like, yeah, what? Why would why would people in the hood care if he's like saying he has a sandwich board saying I hate everyone, or like right. I hate people. It's like, doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. And then I watched it later and I was like, and you're oh, like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's like watching, uh, it's like watching Big Lebowski on, a on, a on cable. Uh, yeah. Or watch <laughs> it. Have you ever seen like Goodfellas on cable? Unfortunately I have. Oh man. That is the best fucking thing I've ever seen. It's just, everything is censored. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Oh, man. Everything. And it's like, in Big Lebowski, it's like, you know, you see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass? Yeah, 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 Which, it leads to, for the cable version, whoever came up with this is a genius. Like, you see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think, uh, what is it? And, uh, in Goodfellas or Godfather, I think motherfucker was censored to like monkey's uncle. What? Yeah. Come yeah. on. Uh. 
Why? Well, I think Die Hard on cable also, like the, the Yippie Kaye motherfucker got uh, well, censored. If that, if that's the case, just bleep it out. Yeah. Just bleep it out. It actually sounds a lot better that way. Yeah. Well, it's also always the problem is that, like, these companies get, like, voice actors that don't quite sound like people. So. Mm-hmm. That's, uh. It's clearly obvious when it's dubbed in. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It's, like, not even close. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yeah, but man, Die Hard, I guess, you know, everyone's familiar with Die Hard as a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they even said it in friend on Friends, so. Right. Everyone's familiar with that. Like, watching Die Hard, baby! Yeah. Man, I used to think, uh, Joey was cool. But, No. And it's no, probably actually... like a really lonely guy. Like if Joe, like Joey as a real person. Yeah. And like Chandler. Borderline. Yeah. Also. Borderline sex offender. Well, I mean, I guess now he would be just like be a rapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh, yeah, pretty much. And like uh, Chandler, uh, man. Is uh, I-, I used to think he was so funny too. And. I know. Now he's probably just like, oh, yeah, it's because he's really messed up. Yeah, it's like. I mean, I get the fact that he uses uh, humor as a defense mechanism to distract from the fact that uh, his parents are divorced and his dad eventually became a, a drag queen in Vegas. Yeah. I think friends nowadays, if, if they made like, well, I guess. F- Friends nowadays is already like a million shows on TV, but um, right. Chandler, they tried making they tried making friends for for this generation. It was called How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, um, I still don't know why people watch that show. Thank God it's over, at least. <laughs> yeah, um, nine seasons too long. Yeah, and probably the worst. Uh, the worst lead? Uh, no, the, well, yeah, one of the worst leads. <laughs> uh, probably like the worst uh, ending ever. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like come on. Yeah. Um, we don't have to get into that, but yeah. Like, uh, if right. if they made friends uh, again for not, for this generation, like Chandler would definitely be like a stand-up comic living in Brooklyn. Yeah. And Ross would be working at like a tech startup. Uh-huh. And Joey, Joey would, Joey would, would still, still be, be an actor. actor. Yeah. <laughs> he would still be an actor, but he wouldn't have, he wouldn't be bussing tables. He'd be, um, what would he be doing? Well, he'd just, he'd just be on like third rail coffee or something. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's think. Uh, uh, Rachel would be a millennial. Yeah, Rachel. Rachel would have like her own like fashion label that her dad bankrolls. Right. Uh, uh, Monica yeah. would. 
Monica would uh, be the star of her own uh, cooking show. Yeah, Monica, yeah, Monica would be on like, uh, like what's Top that? Chef. What's that like? The View, but like with chefs, the one with Mario Batali. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah uh, oh, God, the Chew. The Chew, yes. Yeah, yeah. She would be on the Chew, and Phoebe. Phoebe would just be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it, like everyone has a little bit of Phoebe now. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's doing fucking Bikram and putting like Benoit balls in their pussy. Uh huh. Oh my god. And all the guys are like, you know, oh yeah, this uh, this incense really lines up my chakras. <laughs> we got to do that, or like somebody's gonna come up with the uh, like the modern day equivalent of friends. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, we Rachel, were on a break. We were on a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, no. Sorry. I just thought of... Oh, God. What, the Damn ju- it. The juice? Damn it. No, I... Yes. <laughs> Damn it. How did you know? Like, what else is David Trimmer in, man? Uh... Uh... He was directing uh, for a while, I think. He was. He did a few films. He did uh, that Simon Pegg movie, a Run, Fat Boy, Run. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, <clears throat> they, had a, they had a few uh, Christmas episodes, Friends, and uh, Hanukkah ones. That's right. Oh, and <laughs> right, where Ross uh, dresses up... Uh, he couldn't find a Santa outfit, so he dresses up as the holiday armadillo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, armadillo. That has yeah, everything yeah. to do with Hanukkah. It was the, it was the only thing in the in the costume shop. And <laughs> of course, Joey stole his thunder by showing up as Santa. No, that was uh, Chandler. Chandler. I thought it was yeah, Joey. Chandler. Oh yeah, J- no Chandler, Chandler at the uh, the Santa outfit. Chandler. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I I guess we pretty much talked about everything Christmas and everything Hanukkah. Uh, like we said, I don't really know what else there is about Kwanzaa. Mm-hmm. Um. But please s- send us any information you can about. Movies related to Kwanzaa, or just about Kwanzaa in general. We'd love to learn more. Yeah. And, uh, well, I guess the other holiday, uh, New Year's, there's plenty to talk about that. But, yeah, I mean, not really that interesting, I guess. Right. You know, um, it's a plot device in a million movies. Absolutely. Like, you know... Oh, we got to get this done by New Year's. Otherwise, you know, the business is going to go on. Otherwise, or... Christmas is canceled. Oh, God. <laughs> That's another fucking trope is like, you got to do this. Or Christmas is canceled. Right. <laughs> oh, no. What are we going to do? And yet they, they wind up being saved at the last minute by some plot device. And then there's like always a Tiny Tim mask. Uh, God bless us, everyone. Mm-hmm. Christmas is saved. Christmas is saved. I have miraculously healed from my uh, illness. 
I no longer lost one of my limbs working at the charcoal factory. That's uh, that's actually what Dickens did. He he was like one of those like orphan children. Like he wasn't an orphan, but like he got sent to those factory homes. Right. Or no, he voluntarily went to those factory homes. That's that's just some to... fucking gumption. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, Charles Dickens, who eventually became rich and had like a million kids. He had a million kids, really. He had like nine or ten. And incredibly, I think most of them survived to adulthood, which before like 1950 was a miracle. Uh, all right, here we go. Here's how many kids. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten kids. Damn. Yeah. Damn. All with one Wait, was it one woman or? I think it was with one wife. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's really not but not much else you could do in Victorian England as a woman besides be the uh, working in like a matchstick factory or uh, be someone's wife. Right. And uh, yeah, we got to thank Charles Dickens for giving us a Christmas classic, Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And everything else you were forced to read in high school. <laughs> yes. Whether it be Oliver or Great Expectations. Tale of Two Cities. Two Cities. Uh, our Mutual Friend. Hmm. What's that? F- nah, well, this, this is not a literate, lit crit podcast. No. But it could be. <laughs> it could be. If you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it, uh, for all the all the holiday movies. Um Right. Well, I guess if we wanted to bring in uh, Islam, there's an interesting phenomenon where during Ramadan, whether the whether you live in like Lebanon or Indonesia or Pakistan during the whole month of Ramadan, they make special telenovelas just for that month. Really? Yeah. So every every night, you get one episode of the series. Huh. Yeah, and this hap- and it's and it becomes like the most watched show in that country during that time because, you know, everyone's breaking their fast and you're basically hostage to the TV. Huh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's an interesting uh phenomenon. There's mm-hmm. there's not really any special like movies, but they always make like brand new novellas for just for the month of Ramadan. Yes. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um actually, I do kind of want to talk about like the Egyptian film industry. Um I mean, of course, everyone knows Omar Sharif, but there's a whole universe of <laughs> Arabic movies that, mm-hmm. fun fact, they also used to show in Israeli television. Really? Yeah. All, all like the Jews that used to live in uh, Egypt, Morocco, and Iraq, when they felt nostalgic, they used to like show Arabic films. Mm-hmm. 
So they get they get a bit of a taste of the old country. Right. It's actually kind of weird when you think about it. It's like when, <laughs> when, when you say old country and you mean like Iraq or Egypt instead of like Poland or Latvia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's the old country for, I guess, American Jewish grandfathers. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Whenever they say the old country, it's usually Eastern Europe. Yeah. We'll we'll close out with somewhere in my memory from Home Alone. Home Alone Alone 1? Was it also in Home Alone 2? It might have been. Yeah. But definitely Home Alone 1. Yes. All right. This has been another episode of Questions Like This. This is the extra long holiday special. That's right. Uh, My name is Aristo. And I'm Alex. Uh, Merry Christmas. uh, Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Any other holidays that we missed. uh, Happy Saturnalia. Happy Saturday. Happy Festivus. Whatever your holidays are, hope it's a happy one. And uh, yeah, hug your family. Yes. I guess. (laughs) 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 All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Take care, everyone.